0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the NHL draft is underway. We are now watching as the Montreal Canadiens just selected David Reinbacher, Carey Price having one of the worst draft blunders I think I've seen in, in recent memory. It was pretty, pretty rough start there for him, essentially just forgetting what David Reinbacher's last name was. But just to give a recap, first overall, of course, was Connor Bedard, followed by the Anaheim Ducks, who had a bit of a shocker there, taking Leo Carlson second overall. Third, Adam Fantilli goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who add to that really strong young core that they've been building. Fourth, the San Jose Sharks, and Mike Greer selected Will Smith out of the U.S. National Development Program. And number five, again, Montreal Canadiens selected David Reinbacher. So now Arizona is on the clock as we're speaking here. Taylor, a bit of a, a surprise to start there with Carlson going ahead of Fantilli, but just generally speaking, your thoughts at the start of the draft.
1: It's really interesting. First of all, Atlanta selects Brett Favor. ass picked by Carey Price there.
0: Oh, that was tough. That's got to be right
1: there. I it mean, that tough. might even be worse. Yeah, it, it
0: definitely he is. just
1: just... Stood there like a deer in headlights. As soon as he opened his
0: mouth, he knew he forgot. Like, you just saw it on his face. He's like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Rough. Rough, rough, rough for Carey Price. Incredible.
1: But it is interesting because we just talked about this in our preview pod with Sabermetrics. And a lot of people have said this, that Adam Fantilli would go one in a lot of drafts. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't even go two in this one. And it seems like even though some people are surprised, they're not totally blown away. Which I think probably speaks to the depth of this draft uh and how and good time, Leo
0: Carlson is too.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. How that there's so many people uh that like like even for example, we haven't talked about Mitchkoff yet, I'm sure we'll get to him in a minute, but how just how many guys there are that people the team see as potential superstars, not just as like, oh this guy's good or like this guy could be good. Very interesting, uh to say the least. I also think uh here's a take it took too goddamn long for Bedard to get picked. Yeah. It the draft started at seven. It was like seven twenty eight when he got picked, should have been right off the bat. Yeah, guys, get to it. What are we doing? A little here? bit better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, going back to to Columbus, there, I actually had just tweeted about this. They have a very, very nice young core here. Now, taking into account obviously that very strange Damon Severson eight-year contract, and then also the trade for Provorov, which was a little bit dicey too. Fantilli now being at the heart of a young core in Columbus that also includes Kent Johnson, David Yurasek, Denton Matejchuk. There's like right off the bat there. There is four top 12 picks right off the bat. You have Kirill Maryshenko. That young core is unbelievable. And they also just have some good young guys on the roster, too, in addition to some of those veteran guys. Obviously, they have Johnny Goudreau there as well. Um, Still a lot of holes on that roster. But Columbus, that being your kind of starting point where you have those top-end forwards in Fantilli and Kent Johnson, and then on defense, knowing that you are going to have Yurasek and, in addition to him, Denton Matejok coming up through the ranks, Columbus is going to be all right. They're 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 positioning themselves pretty well, I would say, for having a batshit crazy GM.
1: I agree. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing I'd be worried about if I was a Columbus fan. Uh, but I, it's interesting with them. Sometimes being terrible when you don't expect it is a blessing in disguise. That was true for the Sabres two years ago. It might have been true for Columbus this past year. Like, There's no doubt about it now. They know they needed to start over and yeah. that. that. Uh, and they know they needed to, like that they had work to do. There was going to be no quick fix or anything like that. And the fact that they were able to get a potential 1C out of it. Yeah. That's big. Very That's big. Huge. I mean, can you imagine two years from now, like Fantilli really, now that he's already, he already has a year of NCAA in his belt where he won the Hobie Baker. So him playing with, still in his prime, Johnny Gaudreau
0: mm-hmm. on his wing in 2025, 26. Yep. Yeah. All right, here we go. Arizona's pick is in, folks. Let's see who the Yotes are going to go with here. Another trade that happened that we can get to after this pick comes in, Taylor, is... One that was a little bit tough. We talked about this guy last episode, somebody that both of us wanted, Ross Colton, getting traded to Colorado for the 37th overall pick. All right, folks, here comes Arizona. Let's see what we got here. Oh, my God. Okay, can we also just say, too, stop congratulating teams for winning the Stanley Cup. Enough with this. I really would like to take the Tim Murray approach. This guy looks like a weird Tim Murray cousin. Yeah, why do these guys look like they're in a ska band right now with the matching suits? What is this, they, the fucking Mighty Mighty Boss stones?
1: They kind of do look like that. Don't wow. they?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> considering who they're representing, I'd say they're in a traveling right, like barbershop see. quartet. Oh, yeah, barbershop quartet might be a little bit better. Who'd they take? Simashev! Sixth overall?
1: Wow. So Holy two shit! Two defensemen gone now. This really, uh, if I'm not mistaken, makes it seem like the Sabres are probably going to be on the forward train now.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, uh, there's the possibility of a guy like Axel Sandin-Polica, who can maybe end up being the guy there. Um, Oh my God. I mean, Tom Willander is another one. But Simashev going sixth overall to Arizona. That is early. You know how we say every year. Oh, no. You know how we say every year that there's a guy that gets drafted a little bit higher in that five to ten range than you really what you expect. That is the first one right there. Wow. Okay. All right. Philly is on the clock next, but yeah, Taylor, let's go back to that Ross Colton trade that we were just talking about before, where Colton goes to the Colorado Avalanche. Who, I mean, what a great move by them. Great piece of work there, picking him up. Essentially, also then yesterday trading Alex Newhook to Montreal. So Chicago was able to turn Alex Newhook into Ross Colton in the 31st overall pick. Good piece of work there by the Avs front office. And a second rounder. And a, yeah, well, the second rounder just went uh, for Colton. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, what a really, what a move by them. I think they, they kind of know that they have work to do because they won't have Landis Gog next year, and now that they know ahead of time, unlike last season... But, man, yeah, they just really do make these really good under-the-radar under, under the radar moves. And if I was Montreal, I would have been kind of nervous about trading for New Hook and trading real assets for him. Not because he's been bad or whatever. He's been fine, but he hasn't been great. And he's young, so you'd say he has potential. But meanwhile, the Colorado Avalanche, one of the best franchises in hockey, are saying, eh, we don't have that much faith in him. We don't think he'll be that good. Well,
0: is it so much faith as it is... Wanting to just that he's not ready for it yet. He's young. He was a former first overall pick. Colorado is firmly in win now mode. First and round they, pick, right? Yeah, didn't I say that? You said first overall. Did I say first overall? <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. First round pick. And I, I mean, you're going out. You're getting a guy in Colton that's a Stanley Cup winner. He's going to be able to step in, and he's even though he's still young, he's going to be able to play a really pivotal role. I think in that middle six forward group, and we've seen year after year, Colorado is really good. At being able to take those guys that are maybe more in like the bottom six or middle of the lineup players and really get the most out of them, so good for good work by Colorado there on that move. I think that putting Colton in the mix for that team potentially as you know maybe like their three C or being a, a middle six winger, it's going to be a, a pretty good move I think in the in the short and long term future for the Colorado Avalanche here. So we have Philly on the clock now. Danny Briere, his first pick as general manager. It's going to be interesting to see if they are the ones that end up taking mishkov off the board there but taylor what else are you really looking forward to here i mean we haven't really even talked about the sabers so much is is there anything that you're really looking for tonight do you want to see more moves what do you think well
1: what i wanted to ask you about is the one we kind of didn't talk about yet is mike greer's first draft pick yeah not mistaken unless he was a gm last year i don't remember i don't believe he was so mike greer's first or second year drafting (laughs) either way he had the fourth overall pick they they i don't know if they had their mind made up for
0: them but they had will smith yeah uh, what do you think of that? I think it's a good move. I mean, Smith was pretty regularly being projected to be a top five pick. He has the talent to do it. I mean, he's one of the premier players on the the U.S. national development team. And again, I think for them, I think it was a pretty safe pick. I, I think if they would have went Mishkov there, it would have made a ton of sense because you're banking on again just like the star power for the future. But I mean, I I think that Smith is really solid. I, I in my personal like rankings, I think he I had him fifth overall, so I think it was a good pick, a, a safe pick there. And, you know, again, with San Jose, they're in this weird spot where they have these very established veteran players and they're – Clearly, they need to be rebuilding. I mean, Eric Carlson, it's only a matter of time before he ends up getting traded. You know, now we're hearing reports that teams are calling about Tomas Hertl uh, and Logan Kocher. They have, a, you know, they're starting to build out this young nucleus of talent there, and I think Smith is a guy that can end up being a, a good long-term centerpiece for them. I don't know if he necessarily is like a legit 1C, but he's definitely a top-six center, I think, in this league. I think that the talent's there, and... Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy uh, for Mike Greer. They're taking that, making that pick and, and bringing uh, Will Smith. But make sure, Taylor, though, keep his wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth.
1: Oh, I will. I will not make any jokes about Will Smith's wife. She's a big guy. He used to play defensive end for the Saints. Mm-hmm. So, He's a big boy. So, yeah, it looks like the pick is in for Philadelphia. Let's see who we got. But they oh. are not uh, on stage yet. Also, if if you guys didn't earlier... Some TikToker was out trying to find hockey fans on Broadway today. Oh
0: my God, this was so good. And
1: accidentally interviewed uh, Chicago GM Kyle Davidson without knowing it. And Davidson really played it off like he didn't know that much about hockey, but yep. he was a big fan. Yep.
0: It was good. Did it, a good was, job. it was well done. It was great. The the moments when he did like the, the Jim Halpert look into the camera. Got to appreciate that. All right, here we go. By what the way,
1: have- someone on the panel just said that Briere looks like a young Paul McCartney. So
0: I I agree with that. that I agree with that and I appreciate that. David
1: Poyle kind of looks like Super Dave Osborne. He's got to dye his hair, right? Uh, I would
0: say so because he's in his mid-70s. Look at Danny. Look at him. Oh, God. He looks great. All right. Who do we got here, Philly? They did it.
1: Mishkov. All right. Well, that's probably the most interesting one now because as we've said before, Mishkov, the way he's been talked about is the kind of guy that had the talent to be like the 1B in this draft, behind Bedard. 100%. Uh, and, but it's been a weird year, not just for geopolitical reasons. He It's come out that he probably would stay like two years in Russia and beyond this, so you wouldn't see him until 25, 26.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that he also uh, hasn't been talking to a lot of teams, and he was kind of closed off this season, so guys couldn't get a good read on him, scouts and all that. So interesting. So he drops to seven. But this could be really good
0: for the Flyers. I think so too. Yeah, and I mean, when we're talking about Mishkov here, as we were talking about in our recent draft preview episode with Walt, uh, he has the best seventeen-year-old season in Russia's junior program history. Yeah, uh, his player comparable in terms of his scoring output and just in general, too, the kind of guy that he is is Nikita Kucherov. Um, I mean, and as you said, Taylor, he is—he he would have been the clear one B in this draft. Should there have not been any of the issues with his contract? Obviously, as you had mentioned, too, the political situation. But, I mean, again, you're getting an elite finisher. You're getting a guy that is just truly, truly special with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. And a guy that is going to score a boatload of points in this league. I mean, he has all the makings of being a star player. His puck skills are are top-notch. He has high, high, high-end hockey sense, you know, it's more than just his his shot. Like, his shot obviously is one of his calling cards, but again, he just is a magician with the puck on his stick. Where he could maybe pick up his game a little bit, his skating isn't necessarily the best, and, you know, as is the case for a lot of offensive players of his caliber, it really comes down to him not having the best Uh, I I don't want to say compete level, but just like in his own zone, play in his own zone. He's not very much of a defensive player. But again, if this is going to be a guy that's going to be a a 40 goal scorer for you, you can take that trade off with him not being this defensive stalwart, knowing that he's going to just be a a point per game player who's going to score a boatload of goals for this Philadelphia team. So, Billy, you know, they're... You know, I believe in Danny Briere. They're in a bit of an interesting spot. You know, they uh, are really right at the start of this rebuild now. And having Mishkov being the centerpiece of that and being eventually like the guy that's going to be their go-to player well into the future here, I think, at least positions them now to be getting off on the right foot. They have a long way to go, I would say. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with that, with Philly in terms of like their rebuild and how much work that they have to do, especially Absolutely, knowing yeah. that you're not going to be getting Mishkov for a few more years. But again, having him at the center of this rebuild and the, really the centerpiece of this new young core that's going to be coming through the ranks for Philly, again, as you know, we're hearing Travis Konechny's name is getting thrown around. They signed Kevin Hayes in that big contract a few years ago, and he gets traded to St. Louis, so there uh and then of course as we mentioned Provorov too so it is uh it's pretty interesting here so what
1: I would I wanted to say there is I agree with your point because I think this signifies that the Flyers Breer and Jones especially know like oh yeah we got work to do we're not just this is not a quick fix right so we're fine with him coming over in two years which by the way th- this has been made such a big deal this is the same thing Malkin did yeah like it's it's not the biggest deal in the world. Like guys will stay over there in Russia for a couple of two years. Like it's fine. Uh, but I also, I, I think it's, it's worth noting that uh, this, this new group for the flyers, a lot of the people involved at many different levels are former flyers.
0: So I think there's a. Yeah. Uh, wow. Mishkov finished fourth in points on Sochi, despite playing 28 fewer games than the three players ahead of him. Wow. Absolutely good. nuts yeah he's going to be uh he's gonna be a real real nice piece for them to say the least
1: what uh, what I was going to say with the flyers is they are their play or their their team building rather in in the past decade plus has really been characterized by quick fixes mm-hmm. and even though they have done pretty well they've done better than expected draft wise and they've they've been okay a lot of years. they really haven't been the team that they were for most of their history, like the flyers despite the fact that they haven't won a cup in forever. You know, they won those two cups and they lost a cup, but they were consistently a contender in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. They made the cup in 2010, but I think by then the kind of that was really a a weird kind of run. They were like a seven seed. Mm -hmm. But since then, it's been like they haven't been out of the second round. They miss the playoffs more often than they make it. And it's pretty clear that they just they never cared to rebuild at any point.
0: Absolutely, and now we have the pick in for Washington here. A lot of people thought that Mishkov was going to be the guy for Washington, so this is very interesting to see how this is going to end up going here and where they're going to go with this pick. Are they going to go D? Are they going to go forward? And Washington is another one of those teams, too. I mean, we've talked about them. Their core is aging. Like, Ovechkin's getting up there. He's still <laughs> playing old. at they're a just, high level, but they they're are straight up old. old. They're they, either old
1: and a lot of the guys in the team aren't good. Mm-hmm. So, Backstrom's got this issue, basically, a yep. long-term issue that... Is preventing him from playing like at his full strength, and who knows at his age, he might never be the same guy. Ovechkin is not the scorer he used to be, still a great scorer, but like he's just like goals only, and he's like the 10th or 11th best scorer in the league. Mm-hmm. Nothing else going on the other end of the ice. And
0: then, I mean, you got you know, John Carlson, but he had a long term injury this year, and Oshie's he's old. obviously getting older. TJ Oshie's older. Uh, people have suggested Kuznetsov is also going to be out the door for them, too. Here's the thing. They were the eighth-worst team in the league this year with decent goaltending from Darcy Kemper. Yeah? Okay, can we also just talk about, two? what are your Why? thoughts on Washington's jerseys? Because I feel like, similar to L.A., the current iteration of their jersey is probably the worst that it's been in the history of their team.
1: I don't love their 90s jerseys, though. You don't love the blue and black ones? I, I should say I don't love their road ones. The The really? white that that looks so kind of like... Maybe I'm thinking of it wrong. But, like, the, like the first one Ovechkin wore.
0: I love those jerseys. The, the white, With the ones? diagonal
1: striping on the bottom. Not a fan.
0: Oh, who do we got? Ryan, here? Ryan Leonard. Leonard. Okay, that's not too much of a surprise there. Leonard was another projected top ten pick. So Leonard goes to the Washington Capitals.
1: I should. I meant another to ask, U.S. Uh, National
0: Development Program player. He scored the golden goal in overtime at the 2023 U18 Worlds. He played the most out of the. 2005 born players in the 2004 age group in the 2022 season scored five goals and six points at the u18 world championships and he's going to be committed to boston college next year so leonard again washington going and picking up a pretty nice versatile winger there um again i mean it's it's a good pick i think washington at this point really can't complain about having any high-end young talent uh in the system regardless of position here just given their current situation right now so a nice pick there for the caps picking up ryan leonard
1: yeah, mm-hmm. it seems that way. So that's uh, the second national develop, uh, national team development program yep. pick there so far. Probably also good for Washington to be patient rebuild-wise and just take the next couple years as like, hey, Ovechkin's going to break the record. Come watch that. Let's
0: have some fun. Yeah. yeah. Just
1: go, go wild, Alex.
0: Absolutely. Oh, Taylor, your favorite team is next, the Detroit Red Wings.
1: They're my favorite team? I liked them when I was a kid.
0: I Well, I was going to so say, that though, I feel like you've, uh, you've enjoyed
1: clowning on them a little bit. Do you know why that is? Why? I used to write for a website called A Comeback, which was like a sister site to Awful Announcing. And I wrote a post there. This would be like fall 2017 because they just had their playoff streak broken in That spring, which I believe was 26 or 25 straight postseason appearances. Mm. And I said that they could be starting... They are likely starting their own long streak now. Like a streak of missing. Yeah. So, like, I didn't say 27 years or whatever it was. 26 years. But I said it was going to be a long streak. And I laid out the whole case of why. And this guy got so mad at me. I had no idea who he was. But he was tweeting at me about how they were going to make the playoffs next year. As in the year that was just about to start. Mm. And that also... They had an awesome prospect pool, which, you know, everyone was saying about the 2017 Red Wings. Oh, yes. The depth of their prospect pool. Uh, so I always, I, like, after the season checked in on it, because it was like, it was, it was sort of been spring of 2018. And I was like, hey, man, how's it going? Just re- replying to his tweet about mm-hmm. that. And he blocked me. Come on. But I wanted to, I wanted him to know wherever he is in the world. Seven years in a row, pal. That's a streak. That's a real streak. That's a playoff miss streak. People will talk about that in the history of the Red Wings.
0: Do you feel as though, that, like on a real note though, do you feel like they are any kind of a threat to the Sabres this upcoming season? Uh If they're a threat to the Sabres, then something's gone wrong with the Sabres. Terribly, terribly wrong.
1: Yeah, they just don't have enough of a direction yet. And they've kind of done this like, kind of like weird piecemeal thing with goaltending. They don't seem to know if they're actually contending or not. Uh the last two years, they've been flirting with that idea of contending, but then it's also like they let Bertuzzi go. Mm-hmm. Why they do that? Is there a reason behind that? Or also like, who's their best player? Is it Dylan Larkin? Oh, probably no. Cider. Yeah, like I wouldn't want one of those guys to be my best player. Nah, that's fair. They signed a billion free agents last year. None of them were that good.
0: No, not particularly, especially in goal too.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like two years in a row they've tried to go for like, oh, this goalie got hot for his team and this team can't afford to keep him or doesn't
0: want to keep him for one reason or another. Mhm. So I wonder who Detroit's gonna go here. This is gonna be an interesting. Do look at their
1: one. last five uh first round picks? I mean, Marco
0: Casper. He's he's I think he'll be end up being solid. Simon Edvinson, they're really high on him in Detroit. I think people in Detroit are a lot higher on him than maybe other people are around the league. Sebastian Cosa, that's their hopeful goalie of the future. And then yeah, the two key pieces from the nineteen and twenty drafts, Lucas Raymond and Maurice Sider.
1: Yeah, that's kind of meh for all those high picks though, isn't it? Like who's the highest ceiling guy there, Cider?
0: Probably, I would say. You know. I, I mean, he I, did win a
1: Calder, but it
0: was draft plus three year. Yeah. I mean, it, I think a lot of it depends. I think a lot of people are pretty high on Kosa, and So he could if he ends up being a true 1A, then I think that they'll be they'll be in alright shape here. In that case, yeah. Alright, the pick is in, folks. Detroit is heading to the stage.
1: Or Yerisman's up there. I didn't know you guys was wearing glasses these days.
0: CVY. He also. Did he just congratulate on a tremendous career?
1: Well, it it just picked it up as Dan Boyle, but I'm sure you're saying David Poyle. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. See, again, why? Oh, all right. Oh, Nate Danielson. That is a bit of a surprise. Wow. He's early. That actually bodes really, really well for the Sabres. Wow, Nate Danielson. That is a bit of a shocker, folks. Nate Danielson, big center there. I think, I mean, a handful of people I don't think really had him being that high but yeah Danielson six foot one center going to Detroit he's got a pretty well rounded game I think a, a decent skater decent hockey sense when it comes to some of like the skill side of his game I think that's where he can really thrive I think it's re- he's he's a skill player full-on like he is there's a little bit of like a two-way component to his game as well and so you know i I think that is the kind of guy that you'd like to to get but again that is a bit of a surprising one i'm not gonna lie especially considering again some of the other guys on the board um some of the top guys too who we have remaining now at this point with danielson going ninth overall let's see who we have as far as potential options for the sabers I mean, Zach Benson, of course, being, you know, at the top of the list, I think he's a very with interesting Matt one. Yes, friends with Matt boy. Oliver Moore. Actually, there's like several more guys from the U.S. National Development Program who are going to go. Oliver Moore is another one in addition to Perot. Matthew Wood. So that's, again, that bodes very well for the Sabres here. So now we have three picks left. I really do feel like Danielson was a guy, though, that there's a pretty wide variety of opinions on in terms of where he should have ended up going I, you know I, i've seen some people who think that he was more of a pick in like the teens like the late teens potentially but him going to number nine though at detroit is an interesting one so we'll see how that ends up going adding him into the mix with uh some of those un- other young prospects and young players that we were talking about before there
1: yeah absolutely this is the second time though because i believe you know same thing with cider everyone's kind of like oh whoa they're going there with that. One. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. Yep, very true.
1: Yeah, so we got three more picks before the Sabers. Oh,
0: according to David Pagnota, the Canucks and Sabers, uh, their GMs are having a discussion on the <laughs> draft floor right now. Uh, Arizona, they have their second uh, pick there coming in at number twelve too. So we have St. Louis, Vancouver, and then Arizona coming up. So Arizona has that 12th overall pick, that coming from the Ottawa Senators in the trade for Jacob Checkrin here. So it's going to be interesting to see. The Sabres maybe have a, a, some sense, I guess, if uh, if Arizona wants a guy that they're trying to get ahead. But the pick is now in for the St. Louis Blues.
1: Oh, wow, it looks like they're taking David Perrin again.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Fourth time's the charm. That's interesting. Well, this time it's going to be the one. Oh,
1: this kid's got a jersey. Actually, it
0: already did work out for them okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the third time, right? Yeah, yep. No, the f- second? Third?
0: I don't know. One or the other. Hard to keep track of that fella. He's all over the place. All right, St. Louis. Let's see here. Yeah, other guys <laughs> who are on the board right now who are potential options there Delabor Dovrovsky, who's a center from Sweden. Uh, Daniel Butt, another Russian player. He's probably the top-ranked Russian player at this point. As we mentioned before, Gabe Perot. Matthew Wood is a possibility there. Of course, Zach Benson, potentially. If Benson or Moore, if you have the choice of either one of those two at the 13th overall pick, I think the Sabres should be very, very happy with that, walking away with either of those two guys. But who but, who are the Blues going to take here? We'll see. I'll say also, you cannot rule out the fact of them maybe going after the small offensive defenseman. All right, they take Dvorsky. Sandine Polica. but yep, all right, there we go. St. Louis adding a nice young center to the mix there. Dvorsky rounding out the top ten. So the Sabres are one pick away now from having their choice between Oliver Moore and um, and Zach Benson. Which again, those those are my two guys, top two guys who, in terms of realistic options, who could be available at that pick. I really, really like that a lot for the Sabres. So we will see here where Vancouver goes with this 11th overall pick.
1: Apparently the... um, Oh my God, what's his name? The the Red Wings just took... uh, Said on the broadcast that he models himself after Dylan Cousins. You're goddamn
0: right he does. Yeah. We love that. That's awesome. Not going to be as good, though. Probably not. It is interesting to think about, though, with these
1: guys being so young that... You know they were pretty much they would have been going into high school when Cousins got drafted. Some of these guys, you know, except for, potentially so, with, it de- depends on where your birthday is.
0: Yeah, yeah, or at least like freshman, right? Because Cousins was only
1: twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. So yeah, 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 They would have been going into wow. What is high time? Yeah. Honestly, it's pretty wild. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like to think about it because this draft is—it's been mentioned in the broadcast multiple times. It's uh, the class of 2005. These guys were born in 2005.
0: Again, deeply, deeply unsettling. I remember 2005 pretty well. Yeah. You would have been what? You would have been in uh, was seventh old. grade? At the end of the year,
1: yeah. There you go. So, yeah, was, uh, I moved that year. That was big. How was the move? Terrible. <laughs> let's let's change the subject. <laughs> okay. But that, Sounds great. That's that's crazy to think about. These guys were born. Is it, it mentioned, Bedard was born right after Crosby was drafted. Which is crazy to think Hurts about. Hurts my soul. So, these guys, all their lives they've known the NHL with Crosby and Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Which is
0: not true of us. It just feels like it. All right. Let's see what we got here coming up. Vancouver again being on the clock. So I just got to say, too, I mean, we had said last week I had tweeted out realistic options for the Sabres were Simashev, Benson, or more for who I wanted them to go after. So two of the three are still on the board here. So again, I mean, it, it's going to depend. We'll see. Do the Sabres try and trade up and, and get ahead of Arizona? Um, there was, wow. As we mentioned before, that David Pagnota report should be interesting to see. What a crazy stat
1: here. last 20 years, only four guys uh, born in Slovakia were drafted in the top ten. Three guys in the last two
0: years. Good for Slovakia.
1: Yeah. Well, look at Kevin Weeks has quite a suit on here.
0: Rocking the all-white.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: Fresh. Very, very fresh. Oh, it's a little bit of like an off-white. Perhaps a cream color, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think he wins the suit suit battle for the night. We'll see what players mm. where I haven't seen any
0: players that uh, are better than John Butchie Gross rocking his best divorced dad look. <sighs> Doesn't know another way to be.
1: <laughs> oh, Bedard's uh, oh, showing him with the taking the pictures there. Well, Carlson is a really big kid, isn't he? That's interesting. We didn't really talk about them prospect pool wise. But that's also a new GM making his first pick.
0: St. Louis you're in? Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim. Anaheim, yes.
1: And their prospect pool, that they also fall into the Columbus thing of this was a good year to have a bad year.
0: Yep. 100%. You have Zegris, you have McTavish, you have Drysdale. Uh yeah, they they they've got some pieces there in Anaheim too. And if Leo Carlson can be the guy, they'll be uh they'll be in pretty good shape down the middle.
1: Yeah. And Vancouver's on the clock now. Vancouver has probably been the most hit-or-miss draft team in the NHL yes. in recent
0: years. Agreed. How do you feel about them? I feel like they're in this weird position here. Oh, they, they are making the pick. I feel like they are in this very weird position where they're like in denial about the fact that they might just kind of need to tear it down. Not tear it down, but...
1: This is like 10 years of that, though, Yeah, right?
0: yeah. I mean, it's
1: basically their standing position for years now.
0: Right. Uh, I don't know if they're going to they come have, to that realization. Well, but, and they have an Elias Pettersson <laughs> contract situation coming up in the not-so-distant future, so I'm sure they're probably trying to make sure that they're not making it seem like they're just going to you know, take the wheels off here.
1: Yeah, weirdly, they don't have a lot of cap room for attendance as right.
0: bad as All right, fingers crossed here, folks. Here we go. Not more Benson. Not more Benson. Not more Benson. Oh, oh they, they just, just went right, right, right for it. it. Yeah. Tom oh. Willender! Okay! The Burrs are in good shape, folks. The Sabres will have their pick of either Oliver Moore or Zachary Benson at 13th overall. Very, very exciting stuff for this Sabres team right now. We'll see what Arizona ends up doing, but staying put really seems to pay off for the Sabres here. So with that being said, while Arizona is making their pick, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors.
1: Folks, our first sponsor is DraftKings, new customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. When you do that, you can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 hope or text HOPENY ny at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. West Virginia gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888- 789-7777 or is at ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. All right, folks. And our second sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. And, like I said, we've been saying it for a little while. They got their Weirdly Wonderful Beer Fest coming up. And that's July 22nd at Front Park. And you can get tickets at WeirdlyWonderful.com. There's going to be so much there food, beers from so many different breweries. I couldn't possibly name them if we had uh, an hour here. It's going to be quite a day. Uh, it's an all day event, so come check it out. They got tickets available for reasonable prices. Check them out. And you can even find more information on that uh, at thinmanbrewery.com. And you can get your tickets, like I said at weirdlywonderful.com. So they just had another update yesterday, uh, and there are so many breweries tagged here. Look at, how, look at how long that is. Good lord. There must be 50 breweries tagged here. It's going to be, no matter what kind of beer you want, it's going to be there. Another thing I wanted to mention is another collaboration beer they just released out of Elmwood. It's called the Art School Dropout. It's a collaboration with Barrel and Brine. It's 6% hazy IPA with hibiscus and orange. So it's, it's brewed in uh, collaboration with the neighbors in Chandlerville, Barrel and Brine. This summer IPA pours as pink as a Monet sunset. So check that out. It looks pretty good, honestly. Art School Dropout. That's a, a very interesting name with some very interesting historical implications. So, folks, Thin Man Brewery, two locations on Elmwood and Chandler. Check them out. And, uh... Let's get back to it because
0: the Sabres... Just selected Zachary Benson. We are returning with great news, folks. Benson was a guy that we had been talking about for the past couple of weeks as somebody who could be a realistic options for the Sabres at that 13th overall pick. Last episode when we were talking about it and when we had talked last week a little bit on Twitter, we had mentioned that our, our three guys were Zach Benson, Oliver Moore, or Simichev. Simichev, of course, goes 6th overall to Arizona. Oliver Moore is still on the board right now as of pick 16 with Calgary there. But the Sabres get their guy in Zachary Benson. Matt Savoy's teammate put up 98 points, 36 goals, and 62 assists in 60 games last year. So I want to quickly go through, before we kind of keep talking about him, with just where his rankings were uh, you know, uh, throughout a variety of platforms here. And so I'm not, we're on Elite Prospects right now looking. He was the number, five, the number five prospect on Elite Prospects. He was number six on the Consolidated Ranking. He was number six for Daily Faceoff. The Hockey News had him at number eight. Bob McKenzie had, had, had him at number nine. McKean's Hockey had, had him at number six. Craig Button had him at 14. He was the sixth North American skater for NHL Central Scouting. He was ranked number seven overall by Sportsnet. Number five at Dauber Prospects. Number six by Draft Prospects Hockey. I mean, unbelievable pick that the Sabres were able to get Benson at that value at number 13. And I, I it's it's hard to find anybody who could be upset about that pick. There's some people who are saying, oh, they wanted to go for somebody with size to fit a need, whatever. That's not how you're supposed to do it. When you are making a pick, you are going at the best player available. And Benson was the best player at that spot. Not only is he unbelievable in his playmaking ability and his passing ability, he also has a really well-rounded Two way game on top of that for a winger of his size. He's got a high motor and he has a high compete level. I mean, it is, it's just, it's a fantastic pick by the Sabres team. Uh, according to Mitchell Brown, who ha- he does uh, some work for EP Ringside or for Elite Prospects Ringside, he had tweeted a couple of weeks back saying that Benson is the best non-McDavid playmaker that he has ever tracked. Second all-time and expected primary assist per sixty, which basically measures passes for scoring chances. I mean, this is just a fantastic. Pick right now, and it really just adds to the fact that the Sabres have an unbelievable prospect pool at forward at this stage of the game. Taylor, I know that you are not exactly the the biggest prospect guy, but just what you know and your just general reaction. What are your thoughts on the Sabres picking Zachary Benson at 13th overall?
1: It reminds me of this uh, exercise from a few years ago. This is probably around 2014-15. Uh, with the team we were just talking about, the Vancouver Canucks, some of their aggrieved fans being like, if you had a potato, and they were not the first team to do the potato thing with a GM, but if you had a potato that had to follow these certain rules, would they be better at drafting than uh, a GM, than the Canucks GM in that time? And basically all they said was, the potato has to pick a team from the CHL, p- pick a player from the CHL, has to pick a forward, and has to pick the highest scoring forward available. And immediately you'd be like, no, there's no way that on those. Just those conditions that the potato would do a better job. And it did. Why? Because we overthink this shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you can score an elite level of juniors, you have a good look at doing it in the NHL. If you can't, you have a really bad look at doing yeah. it in the NHL. It, and it should be, especially just saying your, your draft season. Uh He, in his draft season, outscored Matt Savoy in his draft plus one.
0: Yep. That's huge. You know who his uh, number one comparable is, according to Byron Bader? Who? Mitch Marner. That's
1: honestly, yeah, another not very big guy. A lot of assists, mm-hmm. but pretty well-rounded, Mitch Marner is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Got a solid two-way game and really has come into his own. I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: you, you can't be too worried about size. I think size is an advantage to some extent, but I think teams have gotten smart knowing when, like, okay, this guy can overcome his lack of size. And I think he's an example, of it, Savoy is an example of it. But then other guys have size yeah. on the team. Like, you have Tage. You know what's more important than
0: support. size, though? scoring fucking goals baby yeah let's go exactly I mean, yeah. huge this is huge what this does to the sabers prospect group right now is really unbelievable and you look at where this team is and in terms of i mean they're so uh, they i was looking for a good list here big head hockey just tweeted this out the sabers u26 core tage thompson rasmus Dahlin, dylan cousins casey Middlestat, jack quinn J.J. Paterka, Matias Samuelson, Owen Power, Devin Levi, Noah Oslin, Yuri Kulik, Matt Savoy, Zach Benson. That's wow. leaving out. Poltapov. I mean, they have Henry you on here, but I'm not going to include him because I don't think he's going to be a Sabre next year. But I, I mean, this is just unbelievable. And they still have two seconds too. But either way, I mean, you, you, it, it is so hard for anybody to walk away from this right now and not be thrilled with the Sabres getting Zach Benson at 13 overall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I've said, as a non-prospect guy, there are some things I look for when guys get drafted and, and what teams talk about. And sometimes it can be a little bit of, huh, I don't know. Like, I was nervous about Jack Quinn and I was wrong. But, you know, I was wrong for good reason. Mm-hmm. It turns out he's just a late bloomer in general. In uh, a lot of cases, though, I I think it's it's hard to look at a guy that's like, this guy's going to be a good scoring forward, and he wasn't an elite forward at the lower level at whatever level he's coming from you have to be Mm -hmm. and that's what you're getting at the very least i mean shit 98 points in 60 games 1.6 points a game
0: it's crazy something else that uh our wonderful network the charging buffalo just shared most career points by a u18 whl skater in the last 25 years number one Connor bedard 271 number two zach benson 181 number three ryan nugent hopkins 177 Again, the most career points by a U eighteen WHL skater. Wow, that's hundred twenty five years. That's one
1: hundred point getter, Ryan Newtress Hopkins. You're right.
0: You're right. And future one hundred point getters, Connor Bedard and Zach Benson. Wow. It's wild. <laughs>
1: real uh, real wealth of prospects the Sabres have now. It's crazy. I don't even know what to say about it. They have just an insane amount of guys.
0: It's 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 beautiful. This is great. I, I do wanna ask though, do you feel as though this potentially makes Noah Ostland a little bit more expendable at this point now. With how much forward depth is there, with the spots that are available, really that are going to be available, let's call it, in the top nine over the next like five years, does this make Ostland that much more likely of a trade piece, knowing that the Sabres will want no part of trading Yuri Kulik and now Matt Savoy, especially considering that they just drafted his line mate?
1: Yeah, I think in the medium term, like the next two to four years, this kind of makes... It doesn't make him expendable, but it makes guys like that kind of have to earn their spots. So that also, I would say that's up to and including Krabs and Paterka. Like, 100%. we have a ton of forwards, so if you're not pulling your weight, like, there's a chance that maybe you won't be around as much, or maybe you'd be part of a trade. Even if you are pulling your weight, maybe you would be, because they need to get, uh you know, more defense or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's Krabs, Paterka, Otsland, guys like that for sure. Definitely even Rosen.
0: I'm really happy right now, man. This yeah. is great. This is excellent stuff. Damn. Terry, do you have any other thoughts at this stage of the game? Uh, I hope Quentin Musty gets drafted in the first round. That'd be nice. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, he's another one, too. Another target to maybe try and move up for. But So they have 39 and 45, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, I wonder what that gets you.
0: I got to think that. Late 20s at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Throwing a lightly used Victor Olofsson <laughs> for a couple more spots. For uh, maybe 39 and Olofsson can get you a little somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Could be potentially for a contender, you know, a little depth scoring piece.
1: What about this? 39, Olofsson, uh, 45, and a fourth. And Mike Weber and Ennis for Hellebuck. I think that's a great move.
0: <laughs> I'm in. Say less. Wow. All right. Taylor, any last thoughts then before we sign off?
1: uh not really uh happy draft everyone if you're watching on thursday indeed if you're lucky to have the uh nhl network uh, free agency coming up that's going to be exciting yeah it?
0: monday's episode is going to be really exciting so we're going to have much more i mean obviously the benson pick literally just happened as we're recording so we're going to do a much more of a deep dive onto this and we'll have a, a nice expanded look at benson and what he could bring to the table on monday we're also going to be able to get into the start of free agency as well which is going to be really exciting too so hopefully maybe we'll even have some trades we could talk about by that point so really good episode coming up on monday make sure you're tuning in everybody but in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight of Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. In addition, make sure you are following us or subscribe to us and leave us a nice little rating or review before you close out of the app. And make sure you're following us on social media, Straight Up Sabers, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Last but not least, we love our sponsors, folks, don't we? And we, of course, have DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're following Thin Man online, Facebook, Instagram. Keep up with all of the great events that they have coming up here. My band Slow Animals is going to be playing at Thin Man Chandler on July 14th coming up. There's obviously the beer festival that Taylor had mentioned before. Lots of cool stuff happening there. Make sure you're going there for happy hour or dinner, whatever it may be. Well, with that being said, everybody, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres.